0: Welcome to the Kesset Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and hope you enjoyed today's sermon. If you'd like to find out more about Kesset, you can head to kesedchurch.com or find us on Facebook. Yeah, I said it right I ain't gon' lie, gon' lie Cause I'm telling you it's true love Yeah, I said it's true love He made me believe Well, hold up, girl, let's tell about Jesus Christ And how he gave us a life It It was was meant for me, yeah, for me, yeah, for me Jesus raised up for me me. It was meant for me, yeah, for me, yeah, for me Jesus raised up for me. me Die died for me died for me jesus saved my life it was meant for me yeah, for me yeah, for me jesus raised up for me good morning and welcome to keset church my name is danny and i am one of the pastors here If you are just now tuning in, whether it be Keset Online or Facebook Live, welcome. We are launching a brand new series today called Graves Into Gardens, and I'm really, really excited about it. I think it couldn't be more timely, and my prayer is that it brings all kinds of encouragement to you. I know it already has brought encouragement to me, preparing it for you, and uh, the next few weeks are gonna be a lot of fun. So if you're looking for some joy, if you're looking for some encouragement, uh, I would love for you to, uh, to tune back in because there's a lot of, a lot of neat stuff that uh, I feel like God has in store for you. The series, if I could kind of capture it in one statement, would be about not just surviving difficult times, but thriving not just looking out in this world and saying, okay, how can I be strategic? How can I be uh, helpful? How can I serve? And those are all really important things. But, but also, how can you thrive? How can you actually grow and develop? And, and how can you come out of this thing on the other side? Uh, maybe a, a more whole person. Maybe a, someone with a, a bigger world view. And for certain, somebody who knows that, uh, that you are loved by God and that you and this world around you are certainly being led by him. No matter the circumstances we see, no matter the difficulties we're experiencing, he is still in charge, and he is still uh, pressing us uh, on forward. I like the video of the little girls that you just saw uh, singing with their parents. I especially like the little girl in the middle, if you, if you didn't pay attention to her, the one who was just dancing for uh, really no other reason than just she was enjoying who she was. I, I think that's a good spiritual posture for us to uh to to take in this series that even though we're maybe not adding a lot maybe not our voices or our like dad was beatboxing and mom was harmonizing and the other girl was leading she was just there enjoying herself and being present with the family that that's kind of what this series is about about just enjoying yourself thriving and being present with god and with our church family uh, the verse I 'm going to use to launch this whole thing is Jeremiah 2911 and it's a simple verse, and it 's a well-known verse because some of you probably have it tattooed on your body somewhere. Jeremiah 2911 says, "For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope." This is uh, probably in the top five, maybe even top three uh, most common verses that people know and that people recite. And so today, uh, especially if you have it tattooed on you somewhere, I wanna give you some context as to what this verse actually means. And I think for some of you, and I'm gonna wager 80, Five to 90% of you, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to destroy this verse for you today. Uh, there's a really famous illustration of a college professor who said that, uh, that he was standing before his class, the class said this, and after reading that verse from Jeremiah, he said, those words that I just said to you, I'm going to destroy what this verse means to you, but then I'm going to reframe it so you understand it better within its original context, and then you will love it even more when we're done. Now, I've learned about this context a while ago, but, but I thought he said it so well that, that sometimes we have to let stuff fall apart that we love in order to understand it ultimately, in order to embrace it fully. And so today, around this verse, and this idea that with all that's going on in the world, we can still thrive, that's exactly what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to, to open up your hands a little, take this precious verse, and uh, maybe let it fall apart a little bit, knowing, knowing that through the Holy Spirit, we, uh, we're going to watch God put it all the way back together and I think uh, give us perhaps a little bit more meaning. We most often approach Jeremiah 29 11 as sort of a security blanket verse. We think, I like this quote, that God has a plan for me that is good, so clearly the suffering I'm going through will end soon, and then my flourishing will begin. I have heard a version of this uh, throughout my entire ministry career and even growing up as a child. People who are going through difficult things will cite the verse and then say something like this, that, that clearly what's happening right now is, is not anything that I should really be uh, leaning into. As a matter of fact, I need to figure out how to get out of it so I can get on to the good plans of the Lord. But... That's not at all what God was promising. That's not what he was promising to the Israelites, who are the original receivers of the verse. And it's really not what God is promising you and I either. Author and blogger Mary DeMuth, addressing this misunderstanding of this specific verse, explained it this way. She said in this quote, it's, The verse is not about that we would escape our lot, but that we would learn to thrive in the midst of The verse is not about that we would avoid pain or suffering or difficulty or heartache. That's not at all what the verse is about. But that we would, within it, find this this newfound ability to praise God anyway. Now, you don't see it unless you take a step back and you look at the context around Jeremiah 29.11. And that's what I want to do for you now. The Israelites, the ones who received the promise from the prophet Jeremiah... On behalf of God the Israelites were in exile and they were in exile as a punishment from God as a result of their disobedience and the prophet Jeremiah was coming to share with them but another prophet got in the way and began to prophesy these 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 easy road options these things that that uh, that he said God was going to do and the people loved it but Jeremiah was having none of it and so the Jeremiah prophet confronts the false prophet Hananiah who had boldly proclaimed that God was going to free Israel from Babylon in two years. Spoiler alert, God doesn't do this. Jeremiah calls out Hananiah's lie and then states the promise we read in Jeremiah 29, 11. And so you're like, oh, well, okay, but that's still, that's still such, a, such a happy ending. That's still such a good thing. But let me add a little bit more context. Jeremiah... Wants them, the people of Israel, the children of God, still us today, to know that God does indeed have a good plan for the Israelites. And it is a plan that will give them hope and a prospering future. So that is all true and good. The thing is, before he shares that promise that we all quote so willingly, before he shares that, he gives them this directive from God. So that's Jeremiah 29, 11. Look at Jeremiah 29, 7. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. This is not at all what the Israelites want to hear at all. This is not at all encouraging. This is, this is sounding a whole lot like we're going to be here for a while. They of course wanted to be told like all of us do when we're in difficult times that they were going to go home. They wanted to be told that their suffering was going to end. But instead, God's plan was for them to stay right where they were. Right there in the midst of their suffering. And not only that, but they were told to help prosper the nation that enslaved them. And then came the biggest blow of all. For God says that he will prosper them. He will do this. Jeremiah 29.10, right before Jeremiah 29.11, When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. This meant that everyone listening, that entire generation, that whole generation of people, would never return home. They would never leave the oppression that they were struggling with. What a crushing truth to be told. Mary who gave us the quote earlier, goes on to say, yes, of course God knows the plans he has for us. And ultimately, he will give us a glorious future. But as we walk out our lives on this crazy earth, let's remember that the best growth comes through persevering through trials, not escaping them entirely. And when we learn perseverance, we find surprising joy. It's a beautiful thing. Now, I don't know what hard thing you're going through right now, but I know this. More often than not, we turn to these verses in the Bible and we focus on the fact that God wants to prosper us without looking at what that prospering might actually look like. The people of Israel needed something inside their worlds to fall apart. It needed something inside their worlds to change. And so they were were given this, this invitation from God to focus not on what was going on directly outside their front doors, but what was going on inside their hearts. And so Jeremiah says, hey, look, Stop focusing on all the things that you can't control and instead focus on this part of you, this part of you that that can be repentant, this part of you that, that can be remembering, this part of you that can be renewed. Focus on the relationships, focus on your families, focus on this place that I have you now and thrive within it. You're so worried about what the future's gonna look like, you're missing living in the now. And so Jeremiah comes and he gives all of this to them. And then he, of course, says to them, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you. He says, I will be there, but it may not look like you think. Now, I don't know where your world is right now, and I'm not going to pretend to, but what I do know is that Jesus Christ is sitting in your home right now. He's sitting in your car right now. He's sitting at the train station or, or outside or in a park or, or whatever Place you are watching and experiencing and listening this service at right now, and He wants you to know that He will never leave you. That He will bless you. That He will He will He will seek to encourage and bring you to a beautiful place that I know can bring forever change. Not just change to our to our socioeconomic climate. Not just change to our to our, our the world outside our front doors, but actual change to our persons actual change to our homes, actual change that lasts well beyond even this generation. This is what God did in that place. He brought change that lasted well beyond their generation, and he changed the nation forever. And sure enough, 70 years later, they walked out of that place a different people than they arrived. And I don't think it was just because the way that God freed them, I think it was because the people who raised those children who left were changed after Jeremiah's prophecy. They saw the world different. They, they behaved different. They lived different, even in the midst of struggle. Church, I'm just here to tell you, this last series we just did, brutal, difficult, not easy. Conversations were hard to have, hard to hear and difficult but the thing that's supposed to matter the most coming out of it is our own hearts within it and this reality that we can be changed from the inside out and that we can change our families we can change the legacy of what it means to be a believer and a christian in this community and so people can see us even in the midst of sometimes what it feels like exile we can still well we can still experience the goodness of our life-giving god One last thing, Jeremiah's prophecy starts off with a really interesting verse. The whole thing starts off actually in verse four. This is how he introduces what he's about to say. He says, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles, so if you feel exiled right now, if you feel like like you just don't have a home, like you just don't belong, this is for you. To all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, listen to his directions before he shares all this other news, build houses and live in them. And then I love this phrase, plant gardens and eat their produce. He says, make yourself a home. He says, buckle up because it's going to be a bumpy ride. He says, make plans to love hard to love people. Make plans to sit in difficult relationships. Make plans to not avoid the fight and the toil, but instead learn to thrive into it. He turns their graves into gardens. That's what this series is about. And that's what I hope we experience throughout the whole thing. A friend of mine, her name is Carrie, wrote a passage on Facebook and it inspired me. And so uh, that's where I got this idea for a series. This is what she said about, about that verse. She says this. The Old Testament prophets instructed the Israelites to plant gardens during times of exile as an act of resistance. She says I keep thinking about that in these challenging times when so many around me at the airport or the grocery store or on social media carrying this unsettled, low, angry hum. So what does it look like for us to experience joy in the midst of disorientation? How do we love those with differing opinions in our families and our churches? Where do we display peace in the midst of so much unknown? How can I extend patience when I'm frustrated? Where can we offer kindness even if it's undeserved? What goodness am I intentionally experiencing and delighting in? What does faithfulness look like in the midst of challenge? As the Lord is being gentle with me, am I being able to exercise gentleness and self control? These fruits of the Spirit are not possible on our own, but time in the Lord's presence can water the seeds we are trying to plant. So here's to seeing. And not missing a moment to celebrate God's goodness and beauty. To delight as an act of defiance in turbulent times. I think if we as a church could hold on to any one thing during seasons of life like this. It would be the reality that those who came before us wrestled the same way that we're wrestling now. They had to make decisions during difficult times. They had to decide who they were going to be and what they were going to be about. What they believed and what they stood for. And I think some of them just turned their graves into graves. But everybody, I believe, that that called upon the name of the Lord, no matter the difficulty, no matter the landscape, no matter the, the struggle, I believe everybody that did that watched the blossoming of the Holy Spirit as the graves they saw around them slowly turned into gardens. And suddenly this feeling of exile becomes a feeling of belonging. Suddenly this feeling of not being connected with others feels like actually you also are in the same struggle you also are striving to to overcome the same the same difficulties you also are hoping beyond hope that there is release in the near future i believe if we as a community could focus upon that and if we could call upon the name of the lord we could experience that everywhere. We could feel it in our homes, and our families, and especially within our stories. That's what this series is about. That's the hope that I have. I am beyond excited to to be curious about it with you. I am excited to journey and see where uh, this all takes us, because I know that no matter what, we will find ourselves standing before the feet of Jesus, the one who came and turned all the graves of those who believe in him into beautiful gardens let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this season. Thank you for the stories we're going to hear. Thank you for the way your spirit's going to move. We are beyond blessed, Lord, to just raise our worship to you and to bring our song as we proclaim that you have the ability to do it. Thank you for who you are and that you chose us. In Jesus' name, amen.